Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Loopy Lou, Lidl's award-winning baby range. Hello, I'm Avril Flynn and you're very welcome to the Motherboard podcast. This podcast series features real parents talking about the beautiful but often very hard work of raising children in Ireland today. Before we get started, I want to let you know about this week's fantastic offer from our sponsor. Lidl is giving Motherboard listeners 20% off their award-winning Loopy Loo baby range. All you have to do is visit familyfriendlyhq.ie forward slash motherboard to redeem your voucher. T's and C's apply and remember this offer is limited so redeem yours before it runs out. So I'm delighted uh, to say that joining me in studio is mum of two, Lynn O'Connell. Hello, Lynn. Hi, Avril. And mum of one, Karina. Hello, Karina. Hi, I'm delighted you're both here today. Um, both of these very inspiring women experienced extremely difficult and challenging preg- pregnancies with their little ones. Lynn suffered from a condition called preeclampsia, which we'll explain later, and Karina with hyperemesis gravidarum. They're here today to share their stories and shed a light on these conditions that are unfortunately a lot more common than we think and also a lot less um, understood than anyone realises and I think that adds to how challenging things can be. There are lots of different horrible things that people can suffer with in a difficult pregnancy. Um, I mean blood pressure is one of them obviously hyperemesis and just to kind of explain what that is hyperemesis basically means hyper stands for lots of emesis stands for vomiting and gravidarum stands for in pregnancy so that you have somebody that is uncontrolled vomiting in pregnancy and it's it's one of the most challenging conditions not only to suffer with I don't have to tell you that (laughs) um but also to treat because ultimately it's the pregnancy that's the cause and equally as well with high blood pressure and preeclampsia preeclampsia what it actually means is that you have three symptoms you have swelling you've protein in your urine and you've high blood pressure and again it can only be essentially cured by the delivery of the pregnancy but as we'll discuss because it happens from very early on that can be very difficult to do. Going to you first Lynn and when was the first time that you realised all is not well? Yeah I was actually on holiday in Portugal and we were walking around the shops and I just noticed that my feet were very uncomfortable looked down and they were three times the size my shoes were very tight so I suffered first with the swelling severe edema um, my hands started to swell my face swelled it was just very very uncomfortable and I thought okay I'm in a hot country this has got to be the heat and it wasn't really till later on that I kind of put two and two together and realized that it wasn't just the heat it was kind of pregnancy and that was very, through the pregnancy. that was very early wasn't it 12 weeks early. yeah yeah so that was the first sign and did you feel like that you weren't feeling that great or were you just like you like you said you're on holidays you've done a bit of traveling exactly yeah pregnancy when it's even very healthy is exhausting yeah, you're exactly. growing a little human yeah. and you kind of put it put it aside I did so when were you actually diagnosed So I was probably between the 25 and 30 week mark. I was going to my GP for the regular checkups and she noticed that my blood pressure had started to rise. So she also, she obviously knew that I had edema as well. And so she mentioned to me that we needed to keep an eye on this because it could be early signs of preeclampsia. So I was sent for regular GP visits and um, blood pressure checks. And then gradually it just, the blood pressure started to skyrocket. So every time I kind of went to the GP and was, I'd had a high reading, I was sent to the 24 hour emergency room in the hospital just to be monitored on a 
a blood pressure monitor for an hour or two to see what what the levels were like. Um, three times that happened before. And that must have been quite intimidating as well. Like it was it's scary. Your first, it's yeah. your first pregnancy, especially when you're not full term and you're kind of panicking. You know, is the baby going to be okay? And but I mean, I was lucky that I, you know it happened late in the later stages of my pregnancy and not early on, which can happen. And were you admitted at any stage? I was admitted that on the third visit that they sent me to the hospital, it was the day, day two days before my due date, and they decided, look, you're close enough now, we'll keep you in. And it was it was actually then that I was showing the third sign of preeclampsia, which is the protein in the urine. So that, that's when they decided to keep me in and induce me. And that is when you when you kind of reach that stage. Exactly. Yeah. I was then told you do have preeclampsia. So this the best thing to do then is to deliver the baby. For safety of you and for safety exactly. of the baby. Yeah, exactly. It can be dangerous to the fetus and the mother, yeah. And going to you, Karina, so you got pregnant, you were delighted to find out you're pregnant, but you started to exhibit signs of hyperemesis very, very early on. Very early. So we had been trying for a while, so anyone who's trying, you're like peeing on a stick every single day yeah (laughs) it was like something that I just really kind of loved doing when we found out um and then so we knew like pretty much the minute you know that that I, I was showing positive sign and then at five and a half weeks I was we found out around Christmas and I was due back to work after the holidays and I the day before just started vomiting profusely everywhere and not only was I getting sick but I just felt completely washed out like not myself at all you know just completely drained um and I like that just thought oh well this is pregnancy so people get sick and you know maybe I am uh, celiac as well so I'm like oh maybe it was something I had you know I'm always looking for a different answer to what is blatantly obvious well I suppose it didn't come until later but um so it I was sick for solidly for about three or four days and I was due to go back to work or else go to the doctor So I went to my GP at the time. I'm not still going to that GP. And he was, I'd been sick in the waiting room waiting to see him. And it was so embarrassing because it was like flu and cold season. So it was full of people. And then when I eventually went in, I got sick in his bin as well. And I'd been in and out of the bathroom whilst I was waiting to see him. And he was just like, there was no (laughs) sympathy whatsoever. And it's not like I was looking for it. I was looking for, oh, yeah, this is what's wrong with you. And this is what we're going to do. But he just was like, so, okay, you're pregnant. Okay, well, let's do another pregnancy test. I'd done about like 20 at that stage. I fully knew. And he was like, well, you know, some women can get hyperemesis, you know, means like it's so he was very lazy fair about very it. And had you heard of the condition before? I mean, no, I think I'd heard of HG, but I didn't know really what it was about. I didn't hear the words hyperemesis. Um, but uh, so he was like, you know, look, if you feel like you get to a point where you can't cope, you know, you're going to have to go to hospital. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. So and like that put fear in me because I'd had a miscarriage before. So like you're you're heightened, I think, to just things going wrong. And I just was like, 
oh Jesus like this is awful. I think you, you need to expect a basic level of human decency yes, particularly yeah. from no caregivers with this guy. and if somebody is so ill that they're actually vomiting yeah. in the waiting room and, and in your presence yes, yeah. you know a bit yeah. of are you okay mm-hmm. so I'm sure that kind of put your heckles up almost like I just kind of thought I was feeling way worse than what his response was so straight away I was like what is wrong with me? Like, am I just really weak person that like I'm getting sick and this guy is like, it's fine. You know, women get sick, you know. And just to explain how bad it got for you, how often were you actually getting getting sick? Because I, pe- I don't think people realise just how debilitating yeah. that it can be. It was the toughest nine months I've ever gone through. And um, so on a good day, I would get sick about four or five times um but that would be eating very little drinking very little because I knew it was coming back up and on the really bad days I would get sick about 30 times so my teeth by the end of it were just in bits yeah yeah. really soft and yellow and uh, my hair was falling out I had no glow (laughs) I uh, also quite early on around 12 weeks I had um, pain in my symphys pubis pelvic and for anyone listening it's pelvic girdle pain yes yeah and so again caused by the pregnancy and unable to be really be effectively treated yeah yeah absolutely like I I had physio but it didn't like I was just doing that I was going through the motions because I really needed people to just pull me through those couple of months because I was just like a zombie you know and uh, so that pain with coupled with trying to run to a bathroom or something or out of people's vision to get sick was just that was stressful because I'm not I don't know I don't know why I was like that because I was getting sick for so long I should have by the end of it just not cared anymore but I would always try and get out of the way of anybody you know I didn't want people going "Eh, she's just got sick (laughs) and especially in the early stages because you know people are just going to think oh my god what is wrong with her like and so I was really unwell for those weeks where you can't tell anybody that you're pregnant or you don't tell anybody I suppose um but yeah it so it didn't stop until my son was delivered so which is very very intense yeah yeah and did you find as well Lynn that people weren't didn't kind of understand that Yes, you were delighted you were pregnant, but that you were feeling really unwell, like having high blood pressure. If you can explain, you ju- you feel very unwell. You do. What are some yeah. of the other symptoms that you um, I had? A constant headache. My head was just throbbing constantly. Um, I, again, the feet. I was just very uncomfortable on my feet. I had a stool at work that I used to have to elevate my feet. Um, everyone was very good around me, you know, they kind of, oh, no, I'll get that for you, Lynn. You know, they were very good, but I kind of had to finish work much earlier than I wanted to, two two months early, um, because I, my doctor eventually told me, you need full bed rest. So I was home, feet elevated, watching DVDs on the, around the clock. So, yeah, it was a tough time. And that's the thing as well. I mean, you had an understanding work. Mm. Karina, did you find that work were understanding or or not? Not so much. I think because it went on so long, it was very understood at the beginning because I ended up in hospital around two months. That was my first admission. How many admissions did you have throughout I your I think I had six. And then in the last, that was like two nights or one night. And then the last... 
um, maybe six weeks, I would go in uh, to the day ward and just get a little pump up of hydration and I was able to go home again then. So that was easier because um, I think at around 18 weeks was one of my admissions and I there was no beds but my consultant didn't want to let me home and his words were always do you think you can look after yourself and I would just have to say no I don't think I can like I can't cope with this you know and he'd be like okay let me just I need to I need you to stay here and I need you to be hooked up whatever and uh, there was no bed and I ended up on the pre-labor ward so there was like women going into labor and screaming and That's all sorts daunting, of stuff yeah. and I was like oh I'm 18 weeks like I know it's coming yeah. at some point but I don't need to be <laughs> exposed to, it to now. that and my husband was there we were just eyes in the bed holding hands we we're just like oh my god what is happening but um yeah, like work were very understanding. But as I said, it just went on so long that I felt people were like, oh, my God, this one, she's off getting sick again. And I mean, I got sick in a meeting room, holding a meeting with like, so I'm an auditor with Bank of Ireland. So like I'm telling these people, so we need to look at these processes and then having to get sick in a bin, you know, it's oh, no. just it's not it's not good. And then rushing out all of the time and then they're like okay well we need to get on so and then I'm coming back in and I'm lost and I'm wondering what everyone's thinking and it was just horrific but um my consultant wanted me to finish earlier than I did and I finished at five months and that's amazing that's that amazing was that a struggle to, to get do, to that you know you should be very proud of yourself I that mean, you're able to get to that it's stage it's so funny how I I don't know how you feel but like you know the way before children I think you're job is everything you know it's so important and like people like friends and stuff would be like why are you still going it like why are you putting yourself through this and you're just like well I mean I you know there's this and there's you know there was a lot of things I wanted to kind of finish up and then as soon as I finished I was like why did I put myself through that I can't believe that was so mm. stupid you know because like you're worried about your little one all day every day in your tummy and then like to be putting myself under that stress it was silly but you don't see that at the one time. of the things I always tell any mums that I come into contact with is that you think that people are going to take note of when you actually yeah. you know go yeah. off or if you have cares. to go off yeah nobody actually yeah. cares like they'll not say oh well well done didn't they yeah. stick it yeah. out yeah. until yeah. Here's x a bonus amount of weeks or here's a so no one ever and oh, so <laughs> you have to mind yourself yeah. and yeah. nobody understands what you're going through except yeah. you yeah so you yeah. have to be your own advocate but I that's know. easier said than done it is, yeah. it is. One of the things, um, did you know about preeclampsia before you had had it? I know you'd said that you had kind of heard it, but had you had any experience with anyone you'd known no, not had, at had all. it? Not at all. I, had, I didn't have any experiences like that. So when I was told that there was a possibility I could be getting it, I just Googled, Googled it and really self-diagnosed myself until my doctor actually said, yeah, I think you have preeclampsia. So, and were you a bit nervous when you Googled it? Because I know. Well, it I can, was because, of course, of course. You, you hear the horror stories more than the, the you know, the, course, the yeah. worst stories are kind of brought to light first. So, yeah, it is worrying. You know, it can be very dangerous for the mother, especially very high blood pressure. Mine kind of skyrocketed. I was about 160 over 100 at my highest reading. Right. Um, had the flashing lights in my vision. Oh, and so, yeah, that when you hear that you could be a higher risk of stroke and things like that, it's 
daunted. It's really scary. But then you had your little person. I did, thankfully. She came safe and well. Yeah. And all safe and well. Yeah, exactly. But the big thing is, and we'll talk about a little bit about this later, is you think then, oh, I'm going to be magically better. But actually, it, yeah, it, it didn't doesn't like happen that. like that. Not at all. Not at all. No, I had um, blood pressure continued. Um, severe swelling continued, which then led to further complications of um, my carpal tunnel syndrome. So I had very severe swelling in the wrists. Um, carpal tunnel is then very, very bad pins and needles. It would wake me up in the middle of the night. Had to have quarters over the It's more like stabbing. It's, uh, it's horrendous. <laughs> stabbing. It's really, really bad. Yeah, so bad. I went crying to the doctor one day. Please do something for me. So she gave me a cortisone injection. I had three in a row and then they told me I couldn't have any more. So I went to see a consultant and he put me down on the list for surgery. So I've now had surgery on both my hands. So thankfully it's gone completely, but I've I've got much weaker hands now but the pins and needles are gone thankfully and do you feel having had such a challenging pregnancy that it affected you know those first very precious you know days and weeks with your little person do you feel that it kind of affected anything with that that it was more challenging um, for you or you were just very relieved I was very <laughs> relieved yeah I mean the symptoms weren't as bad in terms of my um, the swelling wasn't as bad after the pregnancy the blood pressure did continue and I still had to have regular checkups um, even now I still have high blood pressure but um, no it didn't affect my time with my, my little girl afterwards too much thankfully and okay. I did have a good bit of support from my my in-laws and family and friends yeah that's very interesting and that's the end of part one but don't go anywhere because in part two we'll be discussing the support Lynn and Karina received during their difficult pregnancies as well as finding out how they adjusted to life afterwards and also how we can support other people that are having these conditions. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Loopy Lou, Lidl's award-winning baby range. In this episode, Lidl are giving Motherboard listeners an exclusive offer. You will get 20% off the entire Loopy Lou baby range. All you have to do is visit familyfriendlyhq.ie forward slash motherboard to redeem your voucher. Remember, T's and C's apply and this offer is limited, so get yours before it runs out. Welcome back to part two of the Motherboard podcast. Karina, I'll come to you next. With regards to the supports that you got, you ended up meeting quite a supportive consultant first off. But their the level of their knowledge, they were kind of learning along with you. Would that be a fair yeah, assumption? Yeah, I think I felt like he was learning along, even though he was kind of, you know, a very good consultant, you know, as all the bells and whistles the consultant needs but um at the beginning I think he knew the kind of person I was so that helped you know I would be a little bit kind of held together with anxiety and just always kind of concerned and then I was presenting in his office like a ghost of myself so you know he was seeing physically you lost a huge amount of weight didn't you yeah so I lost two stone in the which first is, which couple is of months when normally it's normal to put yeah, on to put it on yeah, two stone. yeah so your deficit is actually about four stone yeah and which is like, huge like that's something then you're wondering how like I knew what I was taking on like eating and drinking and I knew what was coming back up and I was just constantly worried about your what baby. is the 
baby gadding. Like I can't see anything that's sticking for him to develop properly the way he should, you know. And like, thankfully, my consultant was very reassuring and you know, the way you come across people who are like, look, if you've any problems, give me a call. And you know that you can or not, yeah, you know, you get yeah. that kind of feeling. And he was amazing. Like I could ring at any time, right <laughs> at the phone and be like, I can't cope. I can't do this anymore. Like I can't continue on with this sickness. And and they'd be like, come in to us. And, you know, he would reassure me again that everything was okay. We'd do a scan to make sure everything was okay. Put me on fluids to make sure I was okay. And so he was great. Um, but uh, so I saw um, a dietitian in Hollis Street as well. And she was great. And she, I think, had more of an understanding of high premises than he did. And so there was that really awkward bit in the middle where she had... Um, kind of suggested that I come in for regular hydration because to basically uh, try and help you be- before things got to an yeah exactly level. yeah yeah so instead of me just trying to struggle at home and then come back in and my worst she was thinking you know it would be good to kind of keep you hydrated on a regular basis um, and he was kind of of the belief that you know no it's down to ketones so if your ketones are okay You're you don't okay. need it uh, dehydrate or you don't need hydration so then there was that thing of she was like no I think you need to come in and he was like no I don't think you and do like and I was like oh guys talk to yourself talk to each other and come back to me so um it did help and I and from being involved with the charity I see that more and more people are coming around you it's not just about ketones so I think kind of there was this thing that if your ketones were at a certain level people would say you have hyperemesis. And if your ketones aren't at that level, you don't have it. You just have morning sickness. And so seeing on the Facebook page, you know, these women are being told by really awful kind of consultants and doctors that don't know enough to know, you know, that it's not, it, it isn't about that. You know, it, it could be just awful nausea that, is debilitating without even having to vomit, you know, and they're getting no help because their ketones are being checked and they might be borderline. So they're like, no, you're fine, you know, just drink more. And and that's the thing, it really is, you know, your perception. Did yeah. you find that as well with your blood pressure being high that people didn't understand how you perceived that as an intense pain and very debilitating for you? Well, yeah, I suppose because a headache is, is very much your problem. It's not a, a visual thing that anyone else can see. They don't really understand that you're not well. It's, it is a severe headache. Mm-hmm. And then I would get these kind of flashing lights, like an aura in front of me, and that would be very difficult. Um, I was just constantly aware that, you know, I, I was worried that I could become very, very ill. Um, but my GP was very good the last three weeks of my pregnancy she made me come in twice a week for uh, sorry twice a day for blood pressure checks which was um, reassuring for you but exactly I know you, you had been told as well after your first baby to not go again 
Well, no, it was it was after my second baby, second actually, baby. they said. They they didn't recommend that I would get pregnant again because they think it could be even worse. Um, and did you find that, that the second one was more challenging than the first? Or were you more prepared because you'd kind of been there before? I was more prepared, so I knew the signs that I was showing. I knew what it was. Um, but, I mean, I, I would go to the doctor and I'd had, had high blood pressure readings, but I was never offered any medication or, or anything. I was just told, go home, put your feet up. Do you know, you'll be fine. We'll keep an eye on you. We'll just, and that was all really. So I don't feel I got a huge amount of support from um, the consultant. Like I didn't have one specific consultant. It was a different guy every time I went. So, so different medic, different Exactly. Attitude. So you'd have to explain your so whole... So where did you find that you got support from your partner, friends, family? Um, where did, was your support network? Yeah, I suppose it was more difficult for me because I don't have family in Ireland. So I very much relied on my husband at the time, neighbours, friends. Um, so I would I would have got a lot of support from them. Do you know, they'd be fetching and carrying for me, making sure that I didn't do too much and I had my feet up. And so that was really the my main support network. My mum was on the end of the phone, obviously, but that was there's not much my mum could have done. But um, yeah, so I just, but I'd still to be a listening ear. Well, exactly. Just, that you exactly. someone, someone to vent to. Yeah. And Karina, did you find that that you had support in that way from people? Um, well, my husband was amazing and I think he saw all of it, you know. It must he, have been a real challenge for him to see yeah, so unwell. Yeah, like, I mean... Look, I'm always the one that's going to vomit for some reason in a normal situation, you know, if I'm nervy or, you know, anything like that. So it wasn't the first time he saw me get sick, (laughs) but uh, to see the extent of it, you know, and then I think for him, he was trying to be like there for me and we'll be okay and we'll get through this. But I would be so upset and he would have to be just brave faced for it, you know, and I think like it was tough to watch, you know, because I really didn't want to continue. Like I just was like, I can't do this. You know, I cannot do this. Um, But I remember, I can't remember whereabouts in the pregnancy, but I definitely had a big bump. So it was probably towards the end. And we um, we went for something to eat. And later that night, my husband just started like, vomiting profusely it was just like oh my god so he had, a, he had a really bad bug really bad I don't know if it was the food or a bug or whatever you know and then I couldn't tell the difference for me because I was just getting sick anyway <laughs> so we were just a proper sick house for 24 hours the two of us but I remember like my husband is never sick you know he's just one of those annoying people that's just hardy and doesn't catch anything and um so to see him like that I think that's probably the first time I did see him that unwell and then you know I'd say the next morning early he was just like I don't know how you're doing this <laughs> I don't know how so you're you could doing properly this. empathize after yeah. one night so fast mm. forward you had your lovely little person I did and all was well with, with that and that's the and that's the amazing thing the statistics with hyperemesis just to support people at home babies can be a little bit on the small side but developmentally they are perfect like every other baby which is amazing they're in that protective little bubble but afterwards I mean your body had been severely affected how did you feel? I was 
absolutely elated, obviously, that Noah was here and that I wasn't getting sick anymore. But I was very kind of um, skewed in my food. You know, I would look at something and go, oh, no, that's not going to be good coming back up. So I won't eat anything. And and then when you're a new mum like that, you're kind of rushing about and you're busy anyway. And so really for like, I'd say a good six weeks, I you know had a strange relationship with food I just kept thinking of I was in such like oh I get sick now or you know this is but I felt good you know I still had my pelvic problem but I had been isolated for five six months you know like I mean, you really had you been effectively housebound. Yes, yeah, yeah, I was. And so I suppose when people are working and they've other things, you know, I didn't really have many friends call over or anything like that. So and I would be very like I would get into my own mind. So sometimes it's best for me to get out of the house. And when you physically can't, you know, you just start going to bad places and thinking the worst. But when Noah's born and I was feeling relatively okay and we were just out every day and it was just like get me back into life you know let's be social let's see people and Mm. talk to people and you know let's go for coffee because I can drink that now (laughs) I can actually smell that and not have to vomit so um yeah it was it was great that he was there and that that was over but I suppose my pelvis took over then <laughs> because I was obviously not very uh, mobile in the pregnancy. And then so as well, just to remind people, as well as your hyperemesis, you had pelvic girdle pain, yeah. PGP yes. um, or symphysis pubis dysfunction, yeah. which is SPD, which is another thing. But basically yeah. it means that the hormones you have in pregnancy. Yeah, relaxed. Effectively dislocate um, part of your your pelvis, and that's actually how how severe it is. Just because I know people here and they think, oh, it's just a little bit of pelvic girdle pain. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is the person who's never had it, yeah. um, but it's and, and you're still affected to this day by yeah. that. Yeah. So my pelvis is separated. So um, and like Noah will be three in September. So I've been on crutches for I suppose two and a half years of oh, wow. him being around. So. I went through a pregnancy of taking 12 tablets a day and worrying about what I was doing to him and having to listen to other people say, it's okay, you can take this medication, it will be fine, it won't do anything to your baby. And then I defiantly had a natural birth because I felt like this is one thing I can do for my child, you know, and um, my consultant was like and juice and juice and juice and juice juice and I was like no it's that's not what I want this I I've been through enough of medication and all this kind of stuff I just want everything to be as natural as possible and then to being on painkillers afterwards because of my uh, my pelvis so like I went from thinking before I had a child I'm not going to be a great mum and then to be unable to like run around after him and I'm still in that bubble of guilt because well, I think you're amazing because I think you're so you're such a brilliant mom I think being brilliant mom isn't about 
you know, running around all the time. It's about how supportive you are of your of your lovely son and the way you speak about them, like the love that you have from like yeah. just flows through. So I think you're amazing. Oh, so please don't be beating yourself up about I that. You went, you went through hell and back. And the fact that you're able to talk about it is is like a privilege to hear, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's just so important that other people hear it too. You know, I mean, there's women like me that are going through pregnancies right now and they aren't getting any support. You know, people are saying things like, look, it is what it is. And as you say, aren't you lucky to be pregnant? Aren't you lucky that you're in this situation? No, this isn't luck. You know, it's really bad luck. And yeah, yeah, and not your fault. Yeah. And just to go back to you, I mean, you're now on long term medication for the rest of your life for blood pressure. Isn't I am that for right? blood pressure. Yeah, exactly. I never had high blood pressure before I got pregnant. Well, before I got preeclampsia. And Lynn, how does that affect your day to day? Well, I've been told by the doctor that I need to keep my stress levels down, which is easier said than done when you've got... That's great when you've two... Well, exactly. (laughs) And I'm working from home as well. So, yeah, I would have an element of stress in my life. So it's tough to do that. I've actually been going to meet... um, meditation um that kind of thing to try and relieve my stress but uh, yeah so it's all about doing that really and because I don't like taking medication so if there are ways that I can kind of reduce my blood pressure naturally then I'll always go for that rather than medication. And it is something that you have to keep on top put top of exactly you still suffer with symptoms of headache yeah i get a lot of headaches they can last weeks and they are quite debilitating um do you know, other than that, I suppose I'm I'm lucky. There are some very severe cases of preeclampsia, and I, I do feel like I'm I'm one of the lucky ones that I, yeah, I had it twice, but it's I don't feel like I've had it bad as some people would would have it. And what advice would you give? I'm sure there is mums at home that have either just been diagnosed with high blood pressure or that preeclampsia has been yeah, mentioned. Just, just be aware of it, really. I suppose do you know if you do su- suffer with severe swelling at the start, then it might not just be that you're hot, you know, or whatever. It could be that it is the early signs. So just to go and get regular checkups, keep an eye on your your blood pressure, make sure you've got a good GP that is is going to do that for you, and then protein and you urine you need regular urine checks just to make sure that you haven't got the three signs and that should be you mean for every antenatal check exactly the, the things that should be checked and if they're not yes make sure that they are yeah, exactly really, I, I think people just assume oh I, I bring in my urine I get my blood pressure checked and that's just they don't re- yeah. realize that that's the reason why it's so important is because we want to make sure that if, mm. if you have this, it's picked up really early. Yeah, exactly. Because it can stop the baby's growth, um, which is obviously a, a severe worry. Make them quite small, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is very worrying. I mean, mine, mine were hefty, so I didn't need to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Karina, what advice would you give? I'm sure there's mums at home listening that have either just been diagnosed or that feel this is not... Yeah. And I hate to say just morning sickness. I, I mean, I want to be very careful with the words I use because if you've had it, it's never just anything. Thing. It's I horrendous. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to sound in any way la- lacking in empathy. But hyperemesis is on a whole different stratosphere. What yeah. advice or support would you give to um, to mums listening at home? Um, well, definitely talk uh, to your GP, I think, is the first instance. And then to whatever hospital you're attending. Um, and we have a great Hyperemesis Ireland so website tell, tell now. me about that. So Hyperemesis Ireland started in 2017. 2017 so yeah. after Noah was born. Yes, yes. So I think definitely... 
like for me, I had nothing else but to sit in the bathroom, wait for the next vomit and Google. So I was Googling all sorts. And as you said, Lynn, like only the horror stories show, like you don't see, well, I had it, but then it went or I had it and everything's okay. Mm. So don't panic. But, um, you know, and so the Googling, you know, Anytime I had like a really bad episode, I would go straight into, oh, no, this isn't normal. You know, even though I had so much reassurance from medical professionals that, you know, this is hyperemesis. So, yes, this is the norm. But um, the uh, website um, launched in 2017 and it's a sister of the UK uh, website. And so... um, there's a lot of um, information there um, about, you know, symptoms and what to do. There's also uh, what they're trying to collate is, you know, a kind of a good list of consultants and that doctors. understand it yes. and that are familiar yeah. with it so yeah. that you're from the outset, you'll be getting proper care. Yes. That's so yeah. important, it isn't is. it? Yeah, it's just getting the understanding. I mean, you're going to have the people in your life that are not going to see it as the horrendous battle that it is and you know you need to just mind yourself and deal with that later when you're stronger and you know what you want to do for me I definitely saw true colors in people that I would have considered friends and I definitely didn't feel any support and like all of these people would be mothers themselves so I found it very hard to understand why I wasn't getting any like I wasn't looking for anyone to make it better, but just to listen to how bad it was. And I didn't really have that in my in my circle of friends. I'm not in that circle anymore. And, you know, that's that's a good thing. You know, that's another I mean, from your mess comes your message. And that was a very messy time for me. Um, But I've definitely, you know, I found the strength that I have, you know, with my husband and my relationship I have a beautiful son and I am a better person probably for going through it because you know it was the biggest test I've had you know and you survived it just about yeah (laughs) yeah just about survived it but definitely the um there's also a Facebook page Hyperemesis Ireland and that's a really I mean if I, I wasn't even on Facebook when I was pregnant, but uh, I am on it now. And it's a great um, kind of touchstone for people who may feel they have it, but they're kind of afraid to go anywhere and go, I think I might have this and afraid that they might be shot down by whoever and be like, no, it's just morning sickness. But it's a, it's a private group and everybody, you know, you just um, join and... There's peer support, which is that's great. That's exactly what it is. And it's other people, it's women supporting women, which needs to be, you know, there for every woman, no matter what you're going through, but it's women supporting women and helping them through their difficult... Um, symptoms and And I mean that's what we all need to try and do and thank you both so much for telling me your stories I've been very moved by them I know people at home will be and I hope more than anything people listening if they're going through it feel a bit supported and if they know somebody that's going through it is a bit better able to support because as you said that's what we need and I love that from the mess comes the message I'm totally stealing that one (laughs) it's it's fantastic (laughs) if you would like more information and support on any of the conditions we've discussed today 
please get in touch with your GP. The Irish Neonatal Health Alliance is also an excellent resource. Hyperemesis Ireland and also on the HSE, if you type in any of these conditions, there's actually just quite a good list of what the symptoms are and also whom to discuss them with, which I think is great. And that can be accessed anywhere. Lastly, thank you all for listening. We'd love if you'd like and subscribe to the Motherboard podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, don't forget to visit Family Friendly hq.ie forward slash motherboard for this week's special offer from our amazing sponsor see you next time and thanks so much